whatever your beliefs and approaches are to your coaching, talk about it all the time. You should be kind of bored by the things that you're making in your content a lot because your content's not about what's interesting to you or important to you or valuable to you. Your content is for your ideal client. And that doesn't mean that we can't have fun with our content and use it as self-expression as well. But if you're using it for your business, like it's not about what's going to be like fun and unique and interesting to you every single time. Welcome to Make Bank with Marie Wold. I'm Marie, and for the last decade, I've been helping women set and hit unrealistic goals while building their definition of a rich life. This podcast is your ultimate destination for unfiltered discussions about personal development, entrepreneurship, wellness, confidence, wealth building, relationships, and so much more. We're creating our dream lives together, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome, welcome back to the pod. Hello, this is my first recording of 2024, so very exciting stuff. And I have a very juicy, very strategic, very nitty gritty episode for you this week, which we all love. I love it. The stats show that you love it. (laughs) And these types of episodes always get like a lot of love, a lot of DMs, a lot of shares. And that just makes my heart explode. If you didn't know, words of affirmation and gifts are my top love languages. So when you like share an episode and like give it praise, or if you send me a DM on Instagram and say that you liked an episode, nothing beats it. What a rush. (laughs) Like that is my high that I'm always chasing. So just, you know, do with that information what you will. And I'm going to drop an episode that I feel will be worthy of such praise, right? So this episode is really a debrief and like a deep dive into all of the content I posted on Instagram in 2023. So I posted, yes, I counted because there's not really an easy way to get this number from what I can tell in the insights. I made 231 posts on Instagram in 2023, and I analyzed. I sorted them by top performing in all sorts of different ways, whether that was reach, engagement, profile clicks. There's a bunch of different ways that you can dive into your insights and like filter the results. And I just kind of analyzed from every angle and really looked at what trends came through both from like the insights perspective but also from a bit more of like an anecdotal perspective of what I noticed when I would get program applications or things that people would say to me in the dms or on sales calls or clients coming in saying you know that post that you made about such and such really resonated so I'm combining kind of that anecdotal knowledge and those observations with the insights within the actual like analytics, right? So combining both perspectives, which is key for business, right? Like knowing your numbers and making decisions based on data, making really informed, educated decisions is huge, but also being able to like piece together the bigger picture and zoom out is essential. As I am recording this podcast, I'm also simultaneously making an Instagram Reels series going through each of these points. How many are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine points. I should have made it 10 if I was really trying to be like 
round and nice, but it's nine. (laughs) There's nine points. I'm working through them in a real series, but that's higher level, a bit more kind of just broad. This is where we're really diving deep. But if you want to go over to my Instagram and like save those as reminders, you totally can. So let's dive in without further ado and start with number one. One of the biggest things that I noticed from my top performing content, and I had some posts that like really popped off. In fact, one of them is still going. I posted it mid-December and it is still racking up engagement. It is like closing in on a million plays, which has never happened to me on Instagram. I have a few YouTube videos from back in the day that have passed, I think, a million, but never on Instagram, surprisingly. So this might be my first Millie. It might just be. But whether it's that real, that's quite recent, or ones throughout the year, the biggest common thread I saw from an engagement and reach perspective was the use of storytelling. And this makes perfect sense because Social media is so driven by human connection. Like it is truly this little universe where humans are seeking connection. They're seeking relatability. They're seeking humor. They're seeking understanding. They are seeking friendship. They're seeking like-minded people. And we're just always looking for connection. And it's this little like microcosm of little fast connections. And of course, it's not a replacement for like IRL or like true relationship building, but we crave that connection. And storytelling is one of the most ancient ways that humans have connected. Like we have been using storytelling to bond and share information and pass down lessons and wisdom and anecdotes and experiences like we've been using storytelling to connect to other humans for millennia like ever since language existed storytelling has driven human connection so to me it makes perfect sense that the vast majority of like my top I would say definitely top nine if not top like 20 pieces of content from 2023 were very storytelling driven. And that doesn't mean that they were all about like my hero story, like my life story of how I built a seven figure coaching business or how I like came up as one of the founding fathers of like fitness influencers or anything like that. Like not all of them were this big, broad, heroic journey. Some of them were very like micro. Some of them were like a story from the day or it's like zooming in on one specific aspect of my journey. But the big takeaway from this is that anywhere that you can extract something that will make either your ideal client feel seen, understood, encouraged, or inspired that like they can do the thing, whatever the thing they want is, Whatever story you can tell that will create a connection is going to be a powerful piece of content. Of course, the skill of storytelling is also very important here. Like storytelling has to be this balance between painting a vivid picture and like 
giving details and bringing someone into a moment and really having that like in your shoes feeling that is essential for a good story but it's also so important to edit your story like it's also important to not be super fluffy and long-winded and rambly to where you're losing the point and so storytelling is very much like a science and an art one piece of advice that I'm always giving my clients about storytelling is that it's not so much about like the specific details of the circumstance that you need to talk about. And this is especially relevant if, you know, you're more private or if this is something that feels really vulnerable, like you want to tell a story, but parts of it are just like really edgy for you. It's not so much about the specific circumstances or like the players in the story, like the other characters and exactly the details of like how it played out. What's more important is being really specific about how you felt and how you thought and the decisions and the actions that you took, like your involvement and especially your experience of the story is what's important to be vivid about. And that's where your ideal client or your ideal follower or customer will be able to connect with you even if they don't connect with a specific circumstance, right? Like they n- might not be able to relate to, for example, one of the, one of the stories that did well for me was talking about growing up with a super rare autoimmune disease and the way that that disfigured my face and the bullying that followed and how it's such a triumph that now I have like a very in front of the camera career and I've been featured in all this press like cosmopolitan and women's health and shape and stuff like that and I've been a fitness model and I have you know millions of people have consumed my content and I've built the confidence to do that despite my like bullying and trauma (laughs) around my appearance growing up right so that's a story that I told but it wasn't so much that people related to my autoimmune disease or like having reconstructive surgery or being published in the press, what they related to was how I share what I shared about how that felt, how it how it felt to be bullied, how it felt to be tempted to stay small, how it felt to feel judged or vulnerable or insecure and deciding to show up anyway. Like that's the piece that was empowering to them. So I want you to look for what the common feeling and the common experience can be within your stories and again this can be a micro story from like literally a moment of a normal day or it can be your life story like your hero journey which that's an exercise that we do an online coach kickstart like in the very first module we extract like what is your hero story the core story that your ideal client will resonate and connect with you on because your own story and transformation gets to become your biggest, most powerful testimonial. So storytelling is huge, and I've always known that, but seeing this analysis and seeing the insights from the year just made it just so completely (laughs) undeniable. And this makes sense. Like Storytelling, like I said before, is the biggest, strongest way that humans connect with each other, and connection is one of the five content goals that I teach. So it just all goes hand in hand. And it was a great reminder to go even harder, honestly, with the storytelling in 2024. 
Another thing I learned from analyzing the 231 posts I made in 2023 is that carousels really perform a lot, a lot better than static single images. And I said this in like the first reel of the series, but I honestly learn just as much from the flops <laughs> as I do from the hits. And I had pretty much all of my like static single images flop early in the year. So I rarely posted them for most of 2023. It's just not really the format that's doing well on Instagram right now. And so if I'm going to post a feed post, like not a reel, something static, it's either going to be a carousel that's like a text post carousel. So you swipe through to read essentially what would have been the caption or occasionally like more of a lifestyle, life update kind of photo dump. Another thing that I've seen do well for other people, but I haven't played around with much myself yet is like meme dumps as an occasional way to like entertain and bond over humor with your audience and perhaps have that shared out with their followers and bring you some new eyeballs as well. But I find that carousels have really become like a core part of content strategy again, like written carousels especially. And the key with written carousels performing well is your first slide has to be super strong, hook people in, pique their curiosity, give them a reason to swipe through. Your second slide has to do that as well. And then every slide after that has to lead into the next very intentionally. So you have to be very intentional with the layout and what you're putting on each slide, even having like visual cues to get people to keep swiping. But like those first and second slides need to have a strong hook, be engaging, be like visually scroll stopping. And I like to make it kind of like intriguing and give like a open a loop of curiosity so that they want then like the answer to that thing. And the reason why it has to be the first two is I don't know if you've noticed this, but Instagram will often show you the first slide of a carousel and maybe you scroll by it, but then they'll also try again sometimes if they think you're going to like it, like the algorithm, and show you also the second slide. So I'm not sure if you've noticed, but sometimes when you see a carousel on your feed, it's already on the second slide and it's because of that. So you need to kind of treat your first two slides as like two sides of the same coin and optimize both of those for like scroll stopping and getting people to swipe through. That's where I've seen carousels do well. And then also as more of like a personal lifestyle connection type content, those lifestyle photo dumps have have performed well. I don't think they're super like results driving in terms of business metrics, but of course, like connection and relationship building in your audience can only help your business. So that's big as well. And to kind of like wrap the connection conversation, actually, I'm sure we'll keep talking about it, but to add to that conversation and the storytelling conversation, this is a reminder that you don't need to like trauma dump or like be an open book to your audience. You can share specific things and you can be genuine and have some vulnerability without telling people like your entire life story or bringing them into hard stuff in real time. Like I do share a good amount with my audience, but there are so many things about my life that are completely private. And I would say I probably share 10% of my life. Like I know it feels like I share a lot, but in terms of things that are going on with my family, with relationships, with my friends, like there's so much that 
never makes it to the internet. So this is a reminder that you can keep things private. And I never recommend sharing like storytelling or doing like vulnerable shares in the moment, like when it's raw and fresh and you're still processing. When you're storytelling and being vulnerable, do it from a place of like being healed and having wisdom to like pass on from the thing. The saying is share from the scar, not your open wound. And that is like a rule that I live by and I recommend to all of my clients. Continuing on, on the topic of carousels and static images and feed posts compared to reels, I've noticed that overall, for my account at least, static posts were a great way to get to my warm, already engaged audience. And then reels were great for targeting those people a lot, but also getting me new followers and getting in front of new people. So feed posts for my warm audience, Reels for growth was kind of my rule of thumb, and I would tailor what type of content I was posting accordingly. So for example, if my primary goal today was to sign a new client for Online Coach Empire Mastermind, which by the way, I just announced our spring 2024 retreat in Cabo. (laughs) So you still have a chance to enroll in Online Coach Empire Mastermind, get access to the retreat. And it's going to be not just a vibe, but like the vibe, like picture this, we're going to have this massive luxury villa all to ourselves. It has a private beach. We're going to be doing tons of breakthrough business workshops. Like this is not just like a luxury vacation. This is also a expansive AF, super intentional strategic business retreat. We are going to be having chef prepared meals every day. There's going to be lots of masterminding and celebrating with your business besties. You're going to get the most iconic content. Can you imagine? You're going to experience CEO embodiment to the fullest. And it's really like luxury coaching meets girls getaway. Plus, I have a few tricks up my sleeve as well. So if you think you might want to join us on the retreat, apply for Online Coach Empire Mastermind ASAP. We don't have unlimited spots in the mastermind itself, but we definitely don't have unlimited spots for the retreat because we only have so many beds. Like it's a big villa, but we only have so many beds. So you can apply at onlinecoachempire.com, but I digress. <laughs> Let me get back to the example for this point, which is static posts being for warm audience, reels for growth. And if I wanted to promote Online Coach Empire and get some new applications for that program, I would probably do both a static post and a reel. But the reason why a static post would be important for this is because that's probably going to be seen by my most warm, engaged audience. And I can go really deep. I can get really specific. A reel is not as well formatted for you to go really deep into like a case study or a strategy or an authority building thing or a thought leadership thing. Like it's hard to get really nitty gritty in a reel. And that's the type of content that tends to like convert and get people off the fence the best. So, you know, for example, a reel, if you're on your reels feed, the caption is like this transparent overlay over the thing. Like it can be hard to read a long caption. It's also really hard to like pitch in the real video itself. Whereas let's say a carousel, you can really like segment out and have a very like in-depth kind of conversation or complete thought within both the carousel slides, but also the caption. So it's just a lot more conducive. And then also Instagram tends to 
push that format of a carousel to your existing audience before like new people. And it's going to be pushed to, of course, the people that are most regularly engaging with your content. So if I'm like, okay, I want to convert my warmest audience (laughs) with my next piece of content, I'm probably going to lean towards a carousel. If my goal instead is I really would like to focus on growth and I would like to get some new eyeballs on my page, then I'm going to do a reel probably. And it's going to be more like aspirational, light. It's going to be something that's like really connection and attention grabbing, but not super in-depth for like strategy or case studies or like sales content. It's going to be more geared towards top of funnel, like people that are new to me and just building awareness of like who I am, what I do, why they should follow me, what's possible when you come into my world. That's like what a lot of my reels more focus on. Now, during, let's say, a launch and I'm doing a lot of different sales content or an enrollment push, you're going to see both. You're going to see carousels. You're going to see reels simply because reels do tend to get like good engagement from your warm audience as well. But it has to be kind of a balance and just knowing what type of content, like what format and medium best fits with the goal of your piece of content goes a long way is my point here. So generally my rule of thumb is that if something is specifically meant for just my warm audience, then I'm probably going to go for a carousel. If something is just specifically meant for growth, I'm going to go for probably a reel and there's a spectrum in between. So both can also serve both purposes. And I do see other creators who have carousels actually really perform well for their growth and like make it on the explore page a lot. That has not been my experience of my account. (laughs) So keep all this with like a grain of salt and put it through your own lens of what you see work best for you. And I will never ever like put down the value of experimenting on your own page because everyone thrives a little differently. Like this is what I've noticed about my content and generally true for my clients, but there are always exceptions to every rule. Okay, moving on. This is getting so much longer than I planned, but I just like have a lot to say. (laughs) I have a lot of notes to share. So another thing I want to really emphasize for you is that repeating yourself builds your brand. So I noticed that a lot of my top content was like similar ideas, similar concepts, similar takes, similar POVs, and that's not a problem. Like that actually reaffirms my belief that in order to build a strong brand, you need to repeat yourself. You need to be consistent with your message and you need to kind of feel like a broken record. Like I'm always reaffirming my clients like, yes, it is okay to feel like a broken record because in order to have a strong brand, you need to be known for things. You need to be known for your values and your unique perspective on something, your philosophies, your personality, your stories, like your core brand stories. And those things need to be repeated, not only because of the algorithm and because like not everyone sees every piece of content and not just because new people are finding you either, but even for like your existing audience, they should see messages being repeated, the core messages of your brand, whether again, that's like philosophies or takes that are unique to you, whether that is specific stories about your brand, whether that is 
imagery that is like really a part of your brand. So for example, if you go on my page, like you're going to see a lot of champagne because that's just like something that I've established as a core image or trend in my visual branding. Do I drink champagne every day? Absolutely not. I don't drink champagne that often, but like it's in my brand shoots. It's in my little brand details. It is in the like imagery I pull from stock photos and stuff like that because I love that it's luxurious. I love that it's celebratory. I love that it is elevated. Like that is what champagne conveys. So I'm not afraid to be like, "Mm, I posted a thing with champagne last week. I can't do it again this week. No, no. The repetition of the champagne showing up is what solidifies it as part of my brand. Same as being a horse girl. Same as business supporting life. If you've listened to this podcast or consume my content for any length of time, you're like, yes, we know, Marie. Business gets to support life. Same as my tagline of make bank while making a difference. Same as my content constantly talking about why online coaching is the best way to make money online. Same thing as me referring to myself as kind of jokingly, but also serious, a founding father of fitness influencers, because that's true. And that's part of my like core brand story. So there are a lot of things that I purposely repeat and those things become a solidified part of my brand. That is so crucial for people remembering you just in general, but more importantly, remembering you for why you are different than all the other people in your space. So that is specifically the types of things that you should really be repeating about yourself and about your thoughts and your opinions and your kind of common threads in your content all the time. Or like if you're a fitness coach, like it's okay to make a bunch of pieces of content about intuitive eating versus macros. Or it's okay to talk a bunch of times about why a calorie deficit is essential for fat loss or whatever it is. Like whatever your beliefs and approaches are to your coaching, talk about it all the time. You should be kind of bored by the things that you're making in your content a lot because your content's not about what's interesting to you or important to you or valuable to you. Your content is for your ideal client. And that doesn't mean that we can't have fun with our content and use it as self-expression as well. But if you're using it for your business, like it's not about what's going to be like fun and unique and interesting to you every single time. So the takeaway again, repeating yourself builds your brand. Speaking of brand, the other trend that I just really found with all of my content from 2023 is that personal branding is everything. And I've been saying this forever, but it's worth, again, reiterating because my personal brand has been the thing that has allowed me to continue and grow and evolve through every single pivot and iteration of my business. And I didn't pivot a ton in 2023. Like 2023 was kind of a maintenance mode year for my business, which is actually nice. Like It was kind of boring. And I loved it because I had so many other things that I needed to focus on. Like we bought our house in March. We got married in May. There was a lot of like personal and family stuff we were navigating the second half of the year. And so it was actually really nice to just have the business kind of in maintenance mode. We didn't make a ton of pivots, but in other years, I have made a lot of pivots. I've completely changed my offer suite or pivoted to a new niche or whatever it is. And the personal brand is always the thing that carries me through. Now in 2023, where my personal brand really showed up and like was helpful 
is that I got some of my most aligned clients ever. Like I have such cool people in my programs right now and I love working with them, meeting my mastermind clients at the first OCE IRL retreat this past November, like completely validated that for me. I'm obsessed with my clients and my personal brand, like showing up as myself, showing my personality, showing my life, those things really help attract and repel, attract the right people, repel the wrong people from your world. And so having a strong personal brand really refined the type of clients that I brought in, the caliber of clients that I brought in, the personalities of the clients that I brought in, and I brought in people that I really vibe with. And the only way to do that is to like have a clear vibe and own your vibe in your content because then the people that work well with you, they can feel that in your content and they feel compelled to choose you over anyone else. So that's where personal brand really shined in 2023 for me, but there's so many reasons why personal branding is chef's kiss everything. Another thing that was huge for me this past year was reusing, repurposing, and reposting content. So the recent episode about like what to do when you're in a content funk really is based on experience because like I said a minute ago, 2023 was such a weird year of life, like some of my highest highs, some of my lowest lows all in one year. And a lot of there were a lot of times throughout the year that coming up with new groundbreaking, earth shattering, mind blowing content, I just didn't have it in me. Like I just didn't have the creativity, the bandwidth, the emotional space, the time, whatever it was, I just didn't have it in me. And so I reused, repurposed, reposted a lot in 2023. And I typically found that content that did well the first time did well again. Occasionally, there's going to be times where that's not true, of course, because sometimes shit just like doesn't (laughs) work. And sometimes things just flop or maybe it even flopped the first time. And I was like, Hmm, I thought that was really good. Let's try again. And it does perform well. So it's not always the same, but I found that typically like the content that did well, did well again. And I gave myself so much permission to let it be easy with content through those harder seasons and repurposing was my bestie. So reminder to lean into that, especially if you've been in the game for a while and you have like a body of work to pull from. Obviously, if you're newer in the space and you don't have hundreds of posts or thousands, I have, I'm closing in on 7,000 Instagram posts this year. I'll for sure pass that. If you're not building that kind of body of work yet, keep going, but just know over time you're going to build this bank. And my team also has a bank. I talked more about this in a recent episode, but my team builds a content bank. I also can easily literally like scroll my feed and pick stuff out that I know is relevant and I can tweak it, update it, or I can literally copy and paste it if it is still completely relevant and solid the way it is. So that was huge for me in 2023. And I never want you to be afraid to do that yourself as well. And that also goes into like how repeating yourself is totally fine. Like I never really have someone, I don't think I've ever had someone be like, didn't you post this on August 7th of 2023? Like no one's ever said that. I think maybe some of my clients have occasionally noticed that I repost stuff, but that's because they're my clients and they're like studying 
my content a lot of times, right? But no one's like been upset <laughs> that I've ever repurposed stuff. And if they do notice, they're either a super fan or a hater. And in that case, they're still a fan because they're still giving me their attention, right? So it's never been a problem for me. This is your permission slip, okay? The next thing I learned is that your first 0.2 seconds are just everything with your piece of content. Like the other 99.9% of your content could be super strong, amazing, super value-packed. You could have spent hours messing around with shit on Canva, whatever. It doesn't matter if you don't grab people's attention in the first 0.2 seconds of them seeing your post. It just doesn't matter. So you need to take it seriously. You need to take your hook super seriously, which is like the first phrase, whether it's text on the screen or you speaking in a reel or it's the headline of your post or the first side of your carousel, like your hook, I'm being so serious, needs to be dialed in. Your hook needs to be impeccable or your headline or whatever. Your imagery does matter. That doesn't mean that you have to have the like Pinterest house or like the perfect outfit, but you better have wiped off your camera lens before you recorded. I'm so serious. Like that is one of the most essential hacks for better content. Wipe off your damn camera lens. You better have decent-ish lighting. You better be recording on something better than like an iPhone 7, right? Like, like that. that is real, right? But you don't need to have like the expensive lights, the tripod, the million-dollar house, whatever. Like if you can at least have good lighting and like a decent camera quality, you can make good content. And if you can be like applying lip gloss, fixing your hair, moving, pouring a glass of wine, whatever it is, if you can incorporate movement into your videos, those really help. Whatever it is, like there needs to be something interesting, something to grab people's attention. It can be so subtle, but it needs to have something attention grabbing in the first 0.2 seconds. And it's not just what you're saying or like the headline. It's also what you're doing, what it looks like, the music that you choose. It all goes together, but ask like, would this stop my scroll, right? Your first 0.2 seconds are everything. And just by tweaking that, you'll see better results with your content in 2024. Another thing that I am really taking with me into 2024 is DM automation on Instagram. And this was something that started picking up traction maybe like midway through 2023 in our industry. And I kind of sat and like just observed for a minute before jumping in, but I am a convert. Like I fully believe in using DM automation for your Instagram. Once you, here's the asterisk, once you have hit critical mass with your audience size or your engagement level. I do think there's such a thing as doing DM automation too soon because if you have like next to no engagement, if you have no one coming into your DMs, sliding into your DMs, if nothing is really happening in your account and you are already passing off, connecting with people, having conversations and like just literally interacting with people, if you're already passing that off and automating it, I think you're missing out on an opportunity to learn about what does well on social media, like how to interact on social media and how to build relationships on social media. Like I think if you skip straight to automating that, then you're missing a lot of context. You're missing a lot of nuance. You're missing a lot of practice and reps you should be doing. And 
I would rather you spend a bit extra time to even like send the freebie and start a conversation and say the person's name and follow up with them. Let's say if that's what you're using the automation for, I would rather you do that manually five times and take 30 minutes to do that than spend 30 minutes setting up the automation and miss out on the reps and the context and the experience of interacting human to human first. I think that is really important experience to build first. But once you've hit critical mass where you can't do that with everyone who wants your freebie, you can't do that with everyone who slides into your DMs, then absolutely do the DM automation. And where I think this is really going to be a huge advantage for me and for my clients with bigger accounts in 2024 is that it drives up your engagement, which then ranks you up in the algorithm and gets you seen by more and more and more and more people. So as I started implementing this later in 2023, some of the pieces of content that I use it on all ended up being in some of my top posts because of the engagement getting driven up by the DM automation. So what that means is you need to have already a good piece of content. And then within your piece of content, you are prompting people to comment a code word like mine. One of mine is training. So if you comment the word training on one of my pieces of content, you will then get sent the link to my free training. It's 35 minute training teaching you my five-phase process for hitting 5K months as an online coach. So if you go comment that on a reel, let's say, where I have that as the call to action, then not only will I comment back to you automatically, I'll also send you a DM. And now I have two new comments, yours and mine, on that post. And that tells the algorithm people find it engaging, people find it interesting. And so then the more comments like that I get, the more engagement it's getting, the more the algorithm sees it as a post worth pushing out, the more traction it gets and it keeps snowballing. And so having that like really easy and super juicy call to action and then having the call to action be to comment really did well for getting those posts seen by new people, getting them much higher engagement than they would have had otherwise. I also have automations like that set up on my stories. And so when people reply to my stories with a certain word that I prompt like on the screen, let's say, then that's also telling Instagram, oh, people are replying to her stories. They must be interesting today. Let's show them to people, right? And so this is a way to rank up in the algorithm. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that without the automations. Like I'm not saying you have to have automations to get people to comment on your stuff. You can do that manually as well. So even before I went through the trouble of like setting up the automations, I tested it a few times to see like, okay, what kind of response am I going to get? Let's make sure I feel clear on like what the strategy needs to be, how to format the call to action, blah, 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 and see what the response is. And that was successful. I just manually sent people the links for the first couple of times that I did it. And again, that was great reps because then I was able to kind of test and play with the way I delivered the message. I was able to put people's names in there. I was able to make it more personal and also just have a bunch of different kind of controlled tests of how I should format then the delivery messages for the automation and make sure that I'm doing it like the most high converting and connection building way possible. So DM automation, I predict is going to continue being bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in 2024. In case you don't know the platform that a lot of people are using for this, 
called ManyChat. There are others as well, but I think ManyChat is the most popular. And if you want to see what that looks like and you want to test it, you can either DM me or comment on any of my posts recently, the word training, and you will get the invite to my free training. You can also comment the word goals to get my free goal setting visualization. There's a lot. You can also comment the word replay to get the vision board party replay that's expiring any day now, but you still have the chance to do that. So if you want to see how that plays out and what it feels like to be on the other side, feel free to use me as your test dummy, if you will. Okay. And then the last and final, this is, ended up so much longer than I, I thought it was going to be. I thought this episode was going to be half as long, but you know me, I have a lot to share. Like I have a lot of thoughts. I want to give you all the details. I want to give you all the takeaways. I don't want to gatekeep anything. So apologies for the 45 minute probably episode, but it's because I love you and it's because I care and it's because I want you to thrive on social media in 2024. But anyway, the last and final thing that I'll leave you with is that hashtags are like super optional (laughs) moving forward. In 2023, I would say I used hashtags like maybe half the time. And out of my content that performed really well, I didn't see a clear correlation between hashtags being like present or not. Some of my top posts did have hashtags in them. Some of them didn't. Now, do I think they hurt you? No. Adding some relevant like niche hashtags to your content could only really help. Like it could only help Instagram identify what your content is about and help it find the right audience. But I don't think a lot of people are going to find you from your hashtags. And I don't think that if they're if it's taking you like a ton of time and energy and that's a reason that's keeping you from making content, just don't use them. But really, you only need like seven, eight niche hashtags per post like you don't need to be coming up with 30 hashtags every time anyway so that's just my last piece like very micro advice but don't stress about hashtags hashtags are optional there's more chatter around keywords being used and I think that those are a bit hit or miss as well you can definitely play with them but if you have like value niche relevant content already you should be using a lot of those keywords in your content automatically so hashtags optional. I wouldn't super stress about them. Keywords, maybe. Again, not something I'd super stress about. Like if that's the thing that is keeping you from showing up confidently, just do an experiment of not using them and see if the pros outweigh the cons for you. So this is what I learned from analyzing the 231 posts I made on Instagram in 2023. I hope that these were valuable. I hope that you got some actual takeaways, some things to try in 2024. As always, experiment with what works for your account. No two Instagrams are like exactly the same. And what works for me might not work for you. What works for you might flop for me. So experiment, try things on, see how it feels, see how it performs, but always be like a student, always be curious, always be experimenting. That's how I learn the best. And of course, like I'm always passing on this knowledge to my clients as soon as it hits. And I'm always experimenting, trying new things so that I can continue being a leader in the space and giving them like the breaking news, if you will, of what's working. So you're getting this as a year in review. My clients are always getting like these notes and riffs all the time. And there's something I'm trying right now 
that I'm sharing with my clients, a bit of an experiment. Maybe I'll talk about it on the podcast later, but just know if you're my client, you're getting a front row seat to like all the things. And it's something like a constant conversation that we're having on coaching calls. So that's one of the many things that we work on in Online Coach Kickstart and Online Coach Buyer Mastermind. I'm now accepting new clients in both programs for Q1. So you can slide into my DMs to chat options, talk about your goals, see which one would be a fit for you, or apply through the link in my bio or on reroll.com. There's so many ways for you to find your way into my world. But thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm super grateful that we got to hang together this week. I will see you next week. But until then, keep making bank while you make a difference. Bye.